today for your presence in this place. We thank you for your word. It leads us, encourages us, and directs us and lifts us up, gives us strength. And Father, we thank you that the way forward, the way ahead, is clear to you. And because it's clear to you, we can go forward confidently knowing that all things are under your control, under your care, under your hand. We thank you for that. We praise you for that, for your goodness, the security that we feel, the safety that we experience with your loving arms around us. We are truly, truly grateful today for your presence that never leave, leaves us and your word that gives us light along the way. Amen. And all God's people said, amen. You may be seated. Great to be here again this morning, one with another, really is. And um, if you're joining us from home this morning, watching online, we want to welcome you and just, and just pray that you're having a blessed time as well, and this word will bless you greatly this morning. We're going to continue this morning to look at this message of how faith breaks through life's limits. That's what we started looking at last week, and we're going to continue in that today. We said last week that lots of times we experience in life limitations, restrictions, and sometimes barriers come up about our lives, and yet the wonderful thing is when we place our faith and our trust in God's Word, it's amazing how we're able to transition through all of those limitations, all of those barriers, all of those restrictions and boundaries to move on into this wonderful life that Jesus has blessed us with. And we looked last week, if you remember, from Mark chapter 10, and we saw how Bartimaeus exemplified such great faith. He was a beggar, a blind beggar, sat by the side of the road, the road out of Jericho that headed towards Jerusalem. Blind Bartimaeus was just languishing on the side, on the, on the hard shoulder of life, we said, just laying there whilst life passed him by. And he had to listen every single day as he begged. Life passing him by. And on this particular day, that main road from Jericho to Jerusalem was very busy. And he heard all of the concourse of life passing him by, leaving him behind. That's the picture. That's the scene that we see in Mark chapter 10. A man that was languishing on the sidelines of life, being left behind by life. And this main road from Jericho to Jerusalem was very busy on that particular day because Jesus was on the road. They'd been into Jericho and now they were leaving Jericho and Jesus was heading toward Jerusalem for Passover where he would lay down his life on the cross. And it was, it was, a, it was an important moment 
The timing of this was everything. Jesus had to get to Jerusalem for an appointment to complete the work of the Father. It was of utmost importance that Jesus did not miss the moment for which the Father had sent him into the world. But the wonderful thing is, in the sovereignty of God, Jesus still had time to meet a man and to stop and stand still and meet a man that was on the sidelines of life. Even amidst the pressure of getting toward, to, of going toward Jerusalem and meeting that ultimate appointment that he had to fulfill on the cross, he still took time to meet a man that was on the sidelines of life, that had no hope, that had no future. And we looked at that in Mark chapter 10. We saw last week how everybody despised this man. Everybody looked down on him. Nobody thought that he was going to aspire to anything great because of his external circumstances. Nobody thought that he was going to rise beyond the condition that he was in. They were judging him by the externals. And that's why they passed him by. That's why he was unimportant. But they didn't realize that within this man, hidden within this man, was a faith that was alive. An expectation that was bigger than all of the outer, outer restrictions that limited him. All of the external limitations that bound him, there was a greater faith within him that was about to explode. As he heard Jesus was on his way towards him, he starts to cry out. Let's turn again this morning to Mark chapter 10 and verse 46 through to verse 52 to remind ourselves about this scene that Barnabas is in. He's the most unlikeliest of people that exemplified such great faith as he received his sight. Let's read from verse 46 of Mark 10 to verse 52 just to remind ourselves of what this man did and how he received his sight and received his miracle as Jesus passed by. Verse 46 says this, Now they came to Jericho, as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer. Rise. He is calling you. It's amazing how fickle people can be, isn't it? One minute they're rebuking him, and the next minute they're saying, Be of good cheer. Rise up. Now the master's calling for you. It's amazing how fickle and cold-hearted a crowd can be, but... Suddenly everything changes when Jesus brings order, when Jesus commands this man to be brought to him. Be of good cheer, they say. Rise, he's calling for you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, 
Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. It's an amazing story. It really happened. This is what Jesus does. We might not have seen him do this to this extent and to this extreme, but this is what Jesus, this is what Jesus does. He's still the same. Yesterday, yes, and forevermore. He's healing blind people. He's still raising the dead. He's still doing miracles that are mind-boggling. This is our Lord. This is our Savior. This is the one that we serve and we believe and we trust. It really happened. And it's a wonderful moment that we get the privilege to look into through the Word of God. And Mark is the writer. He's the witness, the one that records it. They must have been amazed at what happened on this particular day from this unlikeliest of men that exemplified such great faith. Now, I mentioned last week, and it's important for us to understand this, to see the relevance of this miracle. Every miracle that Jesus performed, in fact, any miracle within the Bible, whether it's Old Testament or New Testament, has a message contained within it for us, a message that lives on beyond the moment of the miracle, that is highly relevant for many, many aspects and areas of all of our lives. That's why it's wonderful to read the Word of God, to look at miracles, and any instance where God moved in the Bible, because there's always a present-day message that's relevant for our needs, that we can learn from. And last week, if you remember, I picked up on five dimensions of Bartimaeus' faith that we can take from this particular moment in Mark chapter 10. Five dimensions of his faith that broke through limitation, that broke through barrier, that broke through restrictions, that had bound his life for so long. Five messages. Five dimensions of faith, five messages that help us to understand how our faith can break through those restrictions and those limitations and those boundaries very often that try to hinder us and intimidate us. Let me just remind you of these five dimensions of faith that he exemplifies so wonderfully in this chapter as we begin this morning. Firstly, we said that faith has a voice, and we spent all of our time last week just looking at that. Faith has a voice. God does not expect us just to sit in silence and bow to the limitations and bow to the restrictions and bow to the boundaries that want to intimidate us. Faith has a voice. We can use it. Take hold of the Word of God. Let it ring out from your heart. Let it be sounded out through your mouth. And let your voice of faith be heard. That's what we see in this man's life. Faith has a voice. Secondly, we also said, and we're going to look at this today, Faith overcomes opposition. You look at this story, man, you see opposition immediately. But faith, faith 
can overcome opposition. Doesn't have to be intimidated by it and silent before it. No faith can overcome opposition. We're going to look at that in a moment and hopefully today as well. We'll look at this next dimension of his faith. Faith is action with expectation. It's wonderful to have an expectation in your heart burning. A promise from God that you know that he wants to fulfill and to act in accordance with that expectation that the Word of God has created within you. What a wonderful way to live. Not despondent and doubtful and fearful, but no, alive. A faith that's living, that's, that's active, that is expectant. It's wonderful to have that living Word of God burning within you. Framing your thinking, forming your attitude. And living out action with expectation for that word to be fulfilled. We'll probably just cover these two points this morning. Of faith, of how faith overcomes opposition and how faith is action with expectation. And then next week, the next dimensions of his faith that we see in this wonderful story. Is that faith is focused. Knows exactly what it wants. It's not watery, it's not shady, it's not double-minded about what it wants. It's certain, it's focused. And Bartimaeus was certainly focused in what he wanted from Jesus. And then next week also we'll probably look at how faith sees a new future to follow. So let's start out by looking at this first point of how faith overcomes opposition. Faith overcomes opposition. Bartimaeus certainly had opposition when you read this account from Mark's gospel. He was opposed from every angle. And really, that's the shock of the story. The fact that he was so fiercely opposed. You would have thought that people would have been helping him. You would have thought that the good nature of people would have wanted to just support him, get him to Jesus. Instead, there was fierce opposition, fierce resistance. It was as if nobody wanted Bartimaeus to move from where he was. Everybody was happy to pass him by. And as they passed him by, they fiercely rebuked him and told him to be quiet. Keep silent. Rejection. A man crying for mercy. A man using his voice of faith. A man wanting a new beginning and a new future. Because he knew who was passing by. He knew that this would be the only moment of meeting Jesus. And he had to seize that opportunity. Seize that moment. It was of utmost importance that he get to Jesus. He uses his voice of faith and it brings down harsh criticism, severe rebuke. And the, the heart of the crowd is so cold, nobody's trying to assist him. Verse 48 tells us this, then many warned him to be quiet. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And that word for cry, we looked at it last week, 
was the, the croak and the squeal like a raven squealing and croaking so discordantly amongst creation. It's the same word that's used of Bartimaeus' cry of faith. And it seemed so untimely to the crowd. It, see, it was annoying to them because it broke through and it pierced through. But this was a man that was desperate. This was a man that knew that his moment had come and he could not let Jesus pass by without taking hold of him. But the crowd rebuked him. The crowd were annoyed by him. And they were cold towards him. His one voice was being bombarded by many voices. And it's important for us to understand that. It's important for us to, to, to understand the, the, the scene and the picture that Mark is painting. A, a minority opposed by the majority. But God stood with the minority. God supported the man who was being opposed by the many. The many voices trying to drown out that one voice, that one cry of his heart. And as they rebuked him, it says, he cried out all the more. What I love when I think about this whole scene is that Bartimaeus would not enter into conversation with the crowd. He didn't try to pacify them. He didn't try to, you know, communicate his need to them and, and to give them good reason why he was crying out. It's as if his faith locked him into Jesus and he ignored all the critical comments and all of the severe rebukes and all of their stern words. It's as if he just locked out into what his faith desired from Christ. He locked the outer world out and he just focused on speaking and declaring what he believed in his hope to receive mercy from Jesus as he passed by. He wouldn't converse with the crowd. He just cried out all the more. The more they told him to shut up, the more they rebuked him, the more they tried to oppose him and shut him down. The Bible says he just cried out all the more. And really, this is the secret or one of the secrets that's hidden within the meaning of this miracle, the message of this miracle. It's this all the more spirit of faith that will not bow to opposition. It's this all the more tenacious spirit of faith that will not back up no matter what the giant is, no matter what the mountain is, no matter what opposes you. It's this all the more persevering strength of faith that breaks through, that receives a miracle from Jesus. This is one of the hidden meanings, messages within this miracle that enables us to see the true nature, the true nature of what faith really is. He cried out all the more. This man certainly didn't fear man. That's for certain. 
He wasn't afraid of man. He wasn't afraid of their criticism. He wasn't afraid of their rejection. He wasn't afraid of the fact that they were moving on beyond him and didn't want anything to do with him. He just rose up and cried out all the more in the midst of fierce hostility. See, the question is this, not whether you're going to get opposed in life. It's not whether you're going to get restricted and bound and limited. That's not the question. The question is this. When those life limitations come along, are you going to be a person that has all the more faith to press on through? When those external situations come around you and those many voices come around you trying to belittle you and rebuke you and resist you, the question is, are you going to have all the more faith perseverance and persistence to press through to receive everything that Jesus has promised you. Or you might not need healing of your eyes like I don't. But it might mean that you need strength in your heart to continue. And, and you feel resisted and limited and restricted. And all the more to you might mean raising your voice in praise to God. All the more to you today may not be shouting at the top of your voice, Son of David, have mercy on me. All the more to you today may mean being slow to speak, quick to hear, slow to get angry. All the more may mean to you today that you're more than a conqueror through Christ who strengthens you. Having that all the more spirit of I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God is for me. Who can be against me? That might be your all the more spirit of faith today to continue on in the midst of all of the situations that may be around you that are negative. In the midst of that negativity, the joy of the Lord is your strength. That may be your all the more today. In everything, giving thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. It's that all the more spirit of faith that we need in the midst of the difficulties and the hostilities of life that enables our faith to overcome everything that opposes it. This man just cried out all the more. He wouldn't back off. He wouldn't be silent. He didn't try to explain himself to the crowd. He just focused on Jesus coming towards him because his objective of faith was this, to receive mercy from the son of David. You see, it's not our conditions in life but our decisions in life that determine our destiny. This is what Bartimaeus shows us. It's not your conditions, but your decisions of faith in life that determine your destiny. Bartimaeus's conditions couldn't have got any worse. He was blind. He was a beggar. I mean, how much lower can you go than that? Life was passing him by. Everybody was leaving him behind. He was on the side of the road. He couldn't go anywhere. And he was dependent on what people gave him. And that wasn't much. 
because he had to continue in that beggarly state day in, day out. His conditions couldn't have got any worse. But it's not your conditions in life, but your decisions, your faith decisions in life that determine your destiny. It really is. A good, strong, positive decision in line with your faith in God's Word will lead to great blessing. Even in bad conditions. Bartimaeus' conditions were at their lowest point. And yet a great decision to cry out all the more brought the blessing of God in. doesn't matter what conditions we face. And it's great to live in great conditions. It's great to be strong on the mountaintop. But if that mountaintop ever changes to a dark valley, we must know this. God is faithful on the mountaintop as he is in the valley. And it doesn't matter what our conditions are, whether we're living on the top and on the peaks of a mountain or whether we're in the depths of a dark valley. It's not our conditions, but our decisions in life that determine our destiny. You can look from Old Testament to New Testament and you will see that this is true. God said to his people in the Old Testament, See this day I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, then he gives them a bit of advice, choose life. Choose life. When we choose life, irrespective of of our external conditions. They were in a wilderness for 40 years. Talk about dead conditions. It was all around them. But as they chose life, God became their source. As they chose life and stepped out in faith, God was always there to assist them, provide for them, and look after them. It's not your conditions, but your decisions in life that determine our destiny. It's wonderful for us to know that. We can place our complete faith and trust in God's word and it will always see us through and bring blessing in our lives. Must have been an incredibly hard decision to make. Imagine for a moment, close your eyes and you're the blind man on the side of the road begging for a living. And everybody around you, just in this room, there's not many in this room really, but everybody in this room begins to rebuke you and scold you and resist you with the words that they speak as you cry out for mercy to Jesus as he passes by. Imagine the rejection that you feel. Imagine the insecurities and the inferiorities that rise up within you to back off and shut down and give in. It was a hard decision to make, but a very important one. And as he made it in faith, as he stood with it in the face of all of the external opposing forces that were around him, he pressed through. What the crowd saw was a man behaving badly, badly, bad behavior. Don't do that here. Jesus has got to go to Jerusalem. Jesus has got to pass by. Stop being an annoyance. Bad behavior. Jesus didn't see bad behavior. God saw faith and was pleased by it. It's amazing what we see 
as negative and God sees as positive sometimes. Hebrews 11 verse 6, you'll know it well, talks about faith like this, in this way. And without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. For we come to God in faith knowing that he is real and that he rewards the faith of those who give all their passion and strength into seeking him. This is what Bartimaeus was doing. Even though people thought he was behaving badly, he was giving all of his passion and all of his heart in that cry. And in doing so, he was overcoming everything that opposed him. And I believe on the authority of God's word that God was pleased. God was pleased with the faith that this man had. He didn't fear. He didn't back off. Hebrews 10, verse 38 to 39, talking about faith and how it goes forward and how fear backs up and backs off shows us exactly how God is only pleased with faith. It says this, verse 38, and he also says, my righteous ones will live from my faith. But if fear holds them back, my soul is not content with them. But we are certainly not those who are held back by fear and perish. We are among those who have faith and experience true life. Bartimaeus wasn't going to be held back by fear, not to please a crowd, not to win an audience. He refused to back up and back off in fear. And he exemplifies such a strong, great faith as he cries out, Faith overcomes opposition. Faith overcomes limitation. Faith breaks through restriction. And let's remember that. Faith has a voice. And that voice breaks through. It breaks through opposition. It breaks through restriction. It breaks through limitation. It really does. And sometimes, just like Bartimaeus, it requires all the more. All the more praise, all the more prevailing prayer, all the more patience and perseverance in a situation that you're really struggling with. All the more. And as you do that in that spirit of faith, you trust all the more. You move from where you are to where Jesus wants you to be. This is what we see next. The third dimension of Bartimaeus' faith that we see from this story that we're going to look at here now is this. Faith is action with expectation. That's wonderful. Faith is action with expectation. Verse 49 to 50 says this. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer. Rise, he is calling for you. That's verse 49. Let's look at this for a moment. Jesus stands still. 
The moment comes, the opportunity is there when Bartimaeus now is going to receive his miracle. Jesus stands still in the midst. And the amazing thing is here. The amazing thing here is this. That Jesus uses the very people that opposed Bartimaeus as a means of assisting him in receiving his miracle. Jesus uses the very people who had opposed Bartimaeus, rebuked him and sternly warned him to be quiet as the means of assisting him to receive his miracle. Jesus didn't go to Bartimaeus. Jesus used the very people that had resisted Bartimaeus, rebuked Bartimaeus and stood in Bartimaeus's way to bring him to Jesus. I love that. I love that. The very situations that stand against us, opposed to us, can be the very means, the very vehicle for your breakthrough to come. Paul, understanding this revelation, in Romans 8, 28 says this, well-known words. We know that all things work together for good to those that love God, to those that are called according to his purpose. God can use the good, the bad, and the ugly. He uses the all things of life, and he takes them as ingredients, and he works them all together for your good. That's what was happening right here before their very eyes, and they didn't know it. All things were working together for good for this man to receive his miracle, for this man to receive his sight. And those who had resisted him were now assisting him. They were the messengers that Jesus sent to him. And oh, how their attitudes changed. Be of good cheer, blind man. The master's calling for you. Those that had opposed him, those that had rebuked him, those that had seen him in such a negative light are those now who are calling him and assisting him. And as we move on, verse 50 really is the picture of, our, of how faith is action with expectation. Verse 50 really encapsulates this whole point, this whole dimension of this man's faith of action with expectation. Verse 50 said this, says this, And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. Think about that for a moment. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. Now, it must have been significant to Mark, the writer, the one who records this event so accurately, why he noted that Bartimaeus threw aside his garment. It was significant to Mark. It was significant to the point that he had to write about it and record it. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, his garment, as he rose to meet Jesus. And, Bartim and Mark doesn't want us to miss that detail. This garment, this coat that Bartimaeus wore really symbolized and was a visible means of people understanding that he was blind and that he was a beggar. Because in the culture of that day, 
That garment was government issue. That garment was given out by civil authorities in order for the blind and the beggarly to be identified. You couldn't just go and get one of these garments and one of these cloaks that Bartimaeus wore and just wear it and disguise yourself as a, as a blind beggar in need. No, it was government issue. It was given by the state in order for you to be identified, in order for, you, for everybody to understand that you couldn't give or contribute into society, that you were in need. When Bartimaeus rose up and threw it behind him, what he was saying was, I'm leaving that old life behind. I'm leaving behind what you have all identified me as. I'm leaving it behind. And I am acting with expectation as I come to Jesus. My old life is gone and my new life is before me. And my new life is in the person that I'm about to see and receive my miracle from. None other than Jesus Christ. And listen, we could go from here and we could talk about salvation and we could talk about how we receive our sight and our spiritual eyes are opened when we come to Christ and that old life is cast off. That old life is thrown behind us, never ever to be taken up again. And all of those things you can look at and study it's in your own time. But... This is what it symbolizes and this is what it speaks about. This old life has gone and I'm leaving it. At no point in Mark's record of, of this day does he say, after Bartimaeus received his sight, at no point does he say, and Bartimaeus went back and found the garment that he had cast off when he came to Jesus and put it back on. Bible says, put off! Put it off. Put off those old ways. Put off that old life. Enter into the new life that I've given you. The new life that you have in Christ. And that's what it symbolizes. All of those old things that once characterized us. They're gone. They're dead. Old things, the Bible says, have passed away. They've gone. We've thrown them off. In Christ Jesus, behold, all things have become new. And that's what happened to this man. He comes before Jesus. And we'll get to this next week. Jesus says to him, what do you want, son? What do you want? Amazing, isn't it? What a question. And he knew exactly what he wanted. That I might receive my sight. Be it done unto you according to your faith. And the rest is history. And they all move on together. We'll, get, we'll look at that next week. But today, let's just focus, finally, as we close this service. Let's focus on what we've said. And how maybe we can look at situations in our lives today that we can address in faith and as we trust God's word. Maybe there's things today and you need to raise your voice in faith. Faith has a voice. You don't have to sit in silence. 
Paul said, be anxious for nothing. You know, if you sit in silence, if you sit in silence very often, anxiety and worry and fear will get the better of you. But Paul said, be anxious for nothing, but with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. What's that? The voice of faith. The voice of faith. With prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. Use your faith. Use your voice, church. And the peace of God. Once you've used that voice of faith, the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. You might have to use your voice of faith today. There may be some things that you're struggling with, your family's struggling with, your friends are struggling with. You may not have personal issues yourself, but you know what? You can see somebody going through a crisis. They need you to use your voice of faith on their behalf. Use that voice of faith. Believe and speak and pray for your friends or your colleagues. Or it may be real opposing things that are, that are standing up in your way or in the life of ones that you care for. Faith, faith overcomes opposition. Not by aggression, not by aggression, by praise, praise. The first battle that the Israelites had to win when they went into the promised land was at Jericho. A fortified city that was really founded in strength. It was impossible for that, those walls to come down, for anybody to impregnate and to overcome what stood before them. And the Bible says this very clearly. Nobody went in. And nobody came out. It was tightly shut up. It was secure. How did they break through what opposed them? Praise to God. A shout. At the end of quietly walking around that structure. A shout of praise to God brought everything down. And God did what nobody else could do. Your faith in God, in his word, will overcome What's opposing you? It really will. Or anybody else in your life that, that needs God's strength. Your faith will, 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 will accomplish great things. Will overcome everything that opposes you. Or it could be today that, you, that you're at a point and you've got to act with expectation. Act with expectation. God's word is living in your heart. You know the will of God for your life. Or the will of God for others. And now, it's time to walk and act with that expectation that's in your heart and to see that power of God's Word released before your very eyes in your life. To act with expectation. Maybe throwing behind you the past and keeping it at bay. Because every single day you've got to do that. Every single day something from your past will rise up to remind you about things that are there or were there. And you've got to shut that door every day. Just throw that cloak away. Leave it behind and walk towards Christ. And see that new life that he has for you every moment, every day. It could be any area there where you need the Holy Spirit to apply it and make it real. He will. 
He will as you place your faith in him. It could be making that decision. Finally, it could be making that decision. Not to back off in fear, but to go forward in faith. You've got the faith and the trust in God to do that. Now take that step and go forward and do what he's told you to do. Amen. I'm going to pray right now for those areas of our lives. And there's more. And the Holy Spirit may have just showed you areas in your life that he's going to help you and assist you with and strengthen you in this morning. He's going to help you. He's not going to leave you on your own. He's called the helper for a reason because he's an amazing helper, the best helper that you'll have, ever have by your side. Whatever it is today, let's just settle our hearts now quietly and allow the Holy Spirit just to seal his word in our hearts and to enable us with his power to go forward into whatever area it is to do what he's called us to do. Father, I thank you today for each and every one here present. Lord, I thank you for those who are watching from home. You know the cares and the needs that we have. You know the concerns that we hold in our hearts. But we've looked at a man today in Mark chapter 10, a blind beggar, that was left by the side of the road as everybody left Jericho and headed towards Jerusalem. They were leaving him behind. They despised him. They rejected him, rebuked him, had no care for him. But there was a burning fire of faith within this man's heart that could not be quenched. I pray that that would be our portion. Irrespective of external circumstances, irrespective of the external voices that try to drown out and overpower our little voice. When it's a voice of faith, there is great force and strength in it. And I pray that we would have that same resolve as we feel those external pressures. I pray that we would have that same resolve as blind Bartimaeus. Cry out all the more. Persist all the more. Be patient all the more. Praise all the more. Rise up victoriously all the more. I pray that we would have that very resolve. And all of the situations that have tried to resist us because of that all the more spirit of faith would actually assist us in bringing us near to you to receive what you have for us. Lord, I pray for each and every one of us today in this place that this spirit of faith would characterize us and we would be like this man. We would see clearly because you would give us eyes to see and an understanding heart to understand who we are in you. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, you may never have asked Jesus into your heart. You may never have believed. You know, the Bible says, today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow. We're not promised tomorrow. We're promised today. Today is the day. Right now is the, is the, is the moment when you can receive 
salvation, God's reward, God's goodness, God's life in Christ Jesus in your life. The Bible says, call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. And right now, I am going to pray a prayer and I'm going to give you an opportunity to make today the day where you receive your salvation. Whether you're watching online, whether you're here, you simply place your trust and your faith in Jesus Christ. And as you do that, this experience of new life will come into your heart. Let me pray for you right now. As you believe and place your trust and your faith in Him, right? Lord Jesus, I pray for anybody under the sound of my voice or watching online. I pray right now. Lord, their hearts, you know, you see their hearts. That they want to believe in you. That they want to make that decision. Even though their conditions might be negative. Even though their conditions might seem so hostile. Lord, they want to make that great decision of following you. Of faith. Of inviting you into their heart. Right now, as they believe in you. As they place their faith in you, Jesus. As they trust in you, I pray that right now they would experience the supernatural power, your saving grace going into their heart and a peace that passes understanding as they trust you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And if you did pray that prayer, if you did place your faith in Jesus this morning, we would love to give you a Bible Maybe your first Bible that you've received. You know what? It would be a joy for us to give you your first Bible. If you're watching online, you prayed that prayer. You placed your faith in Jesus. We'd love to send you a Bible. The details are, are, um, are on the bottom of the page that you'll see. Why don't you just write an email to us? Give us your address and we would love to send you a Bible and support you in whatever way we can in your journey of faith and your relationship with Jesus. Church, God bless you this morning. And um, let's, let's be those people of faith. Listen, faith has a voice. Faith overcomes opposition. Faith acts with expectation. Faith is focused. We'll look at that next week. Faith sees a new future and follows. Let's really be those people of faith and unpack Listen, unpack this glorious life that Jesus has given us in the midst of a world that is really struggling. Let's be the light. Let's be the light and the hope of this world. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen.